0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: Okay, Tom, uh, here we are, second week in a row for the first time in a while, right, of the Spanish Announce Table. I will let everyone pause to, you know, get out there, you know, over-exaggerated breaths, right, of elation, right, got to calm down a little bit, right, the hairs are standing up, I get it. Before we go further, uh, we'll let you, uh, you know, go through your your response and, you know, right, Okay. Now that you're all with us, uh, we're back. Episode 282, Spanish Now's Table. Tom, how are you?
0: You know what? I'm doing great. I tell you what, uh, even though we had a long pause in between consecutive episodes, it feels normal again, right? Like, I know obviously it doesn't feel normal with the outside world, but it felt good to get off of work, do my daily kind of uh, housekeeping uh, activities, and then get the recorder out and talk to you about pro wrestling. So. Yeah, it feels like almost that we didn't have a pause, because now this feels so familiar, but it feels good to do uh, back-to-back consecutive episodes, like you said. It's been a while, so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah! Yeah, this Welcome is our back. new normal.
0: The new normal of the Spanish Announce Table. We have reopened, as you uh, saw from the title of last week's episode, uh-huh. and... uh yeah, I mean, everything's doing really, really well. How about you? What's going on with you? What's new?
1: Oh, we're great. Yeah, here at the Spanish Town Table, we have reopened, man. We are like Wisconsin; just e- we are all the way open. We don't give it. We don't give a damn. We're headed straight out for it, man. I am doing well. Um, you know, given the situation, uh, not much is different than the last things I said, uh, <laughs> last week. So, um, right. I don't know. I, I don't got anything to bore the people with. What are you up to?
0: Not a lot. I'm pretty excited. Uh, this coming weekend, as of this recording, we're recording on a mm-hmm. Thursday night, uh, this coming weekend though, I'm getting, I'm getting into that, uh, that old man status. Cause I'm excited because I will be picking up my purchased first ever grill traeger oh. pro 22 series i'm excited
1: yeah you are old a hey, speaking of getting old this weekend i guess I, I guess it is warranted to say i will be turning 40 on uh saturday sunday sunday,
0: sunday. hey sunday. your 20th anniversary of your 20th birthday that's right. awesome
1: right so uh the family is actually to get down to the studio here today i had to do some you know, deep ops, I had to, like, they've been doing something down in the basement. They said that I'm no longer allowed down. And I was like, but the studio's down in the basement. And they're like, oh, you're doing the show again? And I was like, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what we do.
1: But so, you know, uh, I had to kind of go through the back way, you know, keep my eyes down and not look up. So, you know, I uh, had to kind of do some quick deep, uh, you know, deep undercover ways, you know, Mission Impossible style to get in here to the studio. But that's the level of dedication I have for you, the pants.
0: I love it. Well, happy early birthday on behalf of all of the listening audience and myself. And uh, I guess next week we'll get a recap of what the 40th birthday uh, party shenanigans look like. So I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. uh, You know, I told them to do nothing. So, uh, you know, what do I?
0: They might take you. They might take you up on that. What do I (laughs) literally uh, did nothing? What what am I going
1: to do at 40? You know what I mean? That's how I feel. I'm like, hey, you know, I've done this. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We've been here. This is the 40th of them after all. So, uh, but let's get into it, man. Uh, we had a pretty big week for wrestling, obviously, right? We had Money in the Bank, which out of WWE has become, to me, one of the big you know, pay-per-views. I know they talk about the big four, but Money in the Bank, to me, if there's a big five, it it's it. Would you agree?
0: I'd actually think, uh, honestly, as a consistent pay-per-view, I think if you're going to say the big four, I would kick out survivor series and put in money in the Agreed. bank. It has more, it has more weight to what happens storyline wise. Cause now essentially survivor series is just to makeshift teams that are put together in two weeks that say I represent one color and I represent the other color and, then right and who cares? You're right. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but yeah, so we had money in the bank, but the biggest news of the week and, uh, kind of, you touched on a little bit with mm-hmm. birthdays, um, Becky Lynch will be celebrating a birthday of her future child. Huh, transition, because uh, she announced on Monday Night Raw that she is uh, giving up her women's uh, championship uh, because she's going off and becoming a mother. She's having a kid. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that relationship of theirs um, accelerated fast, huh? Uh, it feels that
0: way. It does. It feels feel that way, way. but. But I will say they have been friends for a long time. Oh, sure. So maybe some of those like, you know, early uh, dating jitters, they kind of already had out of the way because it's like, you know, what's your favorite movie? It's like, well, I already know your favorite movie. We've been friends for X number of years. or You know what I'm saying? Like right. those kind of things. So maybe that's what accelerated. But, yeah, they went well, from
1: it's like you said, dating uh, to said, Before um, you marry somebody, you should live with them long enough to see like how they drive in, in bad weather uh, mm-hmm. or when the Internet mm-hmm. goes bad. Um, that's the kind of stuff they've probably seen, right? They've had to travel the road, right. ride in bullshit cars, get broke down or get pulled over or have bad service somewhere at a hotel or, you know, uh, so yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the, the exposure to each other is probably immense.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but like to your point though, they went from dating to engage to now a baby and it feels like less than two years. So that is a lot of changes. Uh, but what I find interesting, Uh, Not only is it that, you know, Becky Lynch is having a baby and so she has to step away. Congratulations to her. Uh, Now Seth Rollins will probably, you know, be pulling double duty because I assume that, you know, an ultrasound might pop up on a Monday Night Raw or if we ever go back to house shows you know one of those baby meetings he has to be a part of so he can't wrestle that night in Poughkeepsie or whatever so that'll be interesting to see Uh, but the other thing is with our current condition of coronavirus now we have the top male star in Roman Reigns which that's the consensus right I mean you, you can say whoever your favorite is and who's the champ yada yada but really when you say like who's WWE built around currently it's Roman Reigns now he's Gone because of his um uh, underlying health conditions and this virus, and now the top female star and Becky Lynch is gone uh for the foreseeable future, obviously at least nine months I would think I don't know how you know they didn't announce how far along she is, but you know after birth uh, breastfeeding things like that so for the foreseeable future, maybe a year mm-hmm. you don't have your top male and female stars. What do you think about that aspect of this news
1: yeah I mean uh, if I had to guess. I mean, I bet we see Rollins more, you know. I, I doubt he'll be gone as much, but he definitely will be gone for periods of time, you know, for sure, right? When the baby's near-born and born, I'm sure we won't see him for a month or two at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she's gone for, you know, a year or more and, and, or, or forever if she wants, right? Like, you know, that's a personal right. decision for some folks. Um, yeah. I just thought it was interesting uh, the way they did it. I think they took... A little long for the final reveal because i kind of got what was going on by her verbiage right and the way you know like mm-hmm. it, it clearly mm-hmm. wasn't an injury when she kept talking about how happy she was about it and i was like well then this is she's pregnant right like i mean there was yeah. the, it's not like she's like i got cancer so um you know what i mean
0: <laughs> like i don't why would know. you say it like that <laughs> do i <Yeah. laughs> Why would you say it like that? I got
1: not well, exactly, like, <laughs> Why was she so happy, right? So I kind of figured that out. But that's, you know, I mean, what are they going to do? I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I think maybe Asuka didn't know the full story. Her reaction kind of seemed genuine. But, you know, maybe Definitely. she's just that good of an actor. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought the line was really cool, right? Because like you said, it it, it took a little bit of time to get to what we were going to say. But once we said it, I think that clip will live on forever as far as the Becky Lynch character and the you go be a warrior because I'm going to go be a mother. That's a great little tagline to wrap up what happened in that segment. Um, And like you said, Oscar either uh, didn't know ahead of time and that was a genuine reaction or she was. Uh, 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 an amazing actress so we'll see but uh yeah i thought it was pretty cool as far as unveiling the suitcase there's the title oscar seeing the title her you know old time spanish downstable listeners will remember that i was not a big fan of oscar didn't like her because the whole gimmick when she came to the main roster and even a little bit in nxt was she kicks women hard and it's like well yeah because the other woman is letting her like i can kick someone hard too if they let me you know uh but this uh current version of asuka where she's dancing on uh, announced tables screaming at nothing speaking in her own native tongue with you know no one around her understanding what she's saying i love this version of asuka so with that uh, I'm really happy that Asuka is the uh raw women's champion. You know what Asuka and, reminds uh, me
1: of right now is like the WWE's live version of the Tasmanian devil. Right? Like mm-hmm. she just comes mm-hmm. in and just like <laughs> and you're just like, Yeah, yeah she okay. reminds me
0: of what Yeah, she reminds me of the best aspects of what I used to like a lot about Nikki Cross in NXT, when Nikki Cross was insanity, and you just never knew. Now, obviously, you could understand a little bit more of what Nikki Cross was saying than Asuka, just a little bit. This might even be better. Yeah, but the whole, like, is she going to... Climb a ladder just to yell at someone from the top of that ladder. We don't know. Is she gonna, you know, kiss Samoa Joe on the cheek uh, during a broadcast? We don't know. So we yeah, I like that moment. aspect. We of need
1: it. one moment where she's going crazy, like she's nuts. You can't understand what she's saying. People just kind of leave the room in frustration, and then you know, there's like one person left. And she just I don't care if she's got to practice this for a year, but like just delivers the most plain English coherent line to them. Like, mm-hmm. I understand what's mm-hmm. going on around here. And then just like, leaves, you know, something like that. That would be so fun.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, but that leads us into, as you mentioned, Money in the Bank, because Asuka is the Raw Women's Champion because she won the Money in the Bank match uh, this past Sunday. So the men and the women, for those of you who didn't watch the men and the women's Money in the Bank match started at the same time in Titan Tower. Now, this was shot in the same vein as um, the uh, Bray Wyatt John Cena and also the Boneyard match. Kinda. Uh, now, that, yeah, now that you've got to digest the Money in the Bank match, both men's and women's, what would you think?
1: I think it was a kind of a mix of those. I wouldn't necessarily call it cinematic, but it was done in an over-dramatized way, right? Where it wasn't just a plain like live camera. We're
0: following these folks around. Um, but, um it had a score too if you notice that so like when they went into vincent man's office you heard no chance in hell and when brother love came out of the bathroom you heard brother love's music so there was a little bit of that cinematic you know mm-hmm. score and they had music going even when they were wrestling in the ring which i thought was a good touch
1: yeah and i and i liked it i i like some aspects of it i liked uh you know dana brooke just grabbing the prop one in the conference room you know <laughs> like uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stephanie man i mean obviously she was at her house recording that So it kind of threw me off a little bit on that one But I mean what are you going to do You know what, what are they going to fly somebody out there and risk all that for, for that Um, Although they flew the performance I'm guessing um, But you mm-hmm. know what I mean uh I don't know you know I hit or miss in some Spots but definitely again They're trying I kind of felt like They went a little Hard on trying to be zany Like the street fight was So I don't know if maybe yeah. AEW got the jump on them In that regard if that makes sense
0: well, I thought AEW and not to be like, oh, I prefer AEW, which I do, over WWE, but just if you're going to compare that street fight to this Money in the Bank match, besides the score and the music uh undertones of the Money in the Bank match, I thought the street fight from AEW was way better cuz to your point, there was just a lot of like just not really well executed um funny spots mm-hmm. or even serious spots and we can jump ahead of just a little bit but like baron corbin throwing Rey mysterio he and alistair black uh, but he didn't <laughs> because one you heard a splash of water there was no one wa- to the best of my knowledge they never said like we're by lake whatever it's called so where where what water what what water did they hit And then two, fast forwarding to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Rey Mysterio is the first one to hug Becky Lynch backstage with just no neck brace, no nothing. Just, hey, good to see you. Meanwhile, I know it was a little bit sticky, but on Dynamite, Sammy Guevara comes out with a neck brace because he got hit with a golf cart. Like, what are we doing here? Anyhow, but specifically back to the Money in the Bank match, um, you know, they did some cute things, right? Finally seen in Vince McMahon's office with... Uh, the the dinosaur bones up on the the wall. Okay, we finally got that right. And seeing Vince McMahon in his office while Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles like reorganized his yeah, office. That yeah, that was good. But then like, yeah, some of the things just didn't really hit with me. Dana Brooke, uh, getting like hitting a wet spot because a janitor was mopping, and then just pops her head. Okay, I didn't understand why when Oscar was getting her briefcase, Baron Corbin was trying to stop her. Like, what does he care? Like he didn't have a, he didn't have like, you know, back in the day, him and Lacey Evans were a pair because they were taking on Seth and uh, Becky. Now they kind of broke off. So what was he, just grab your own briefcase. Like, what are you doing fighting her? So there was just weird things that just didn't make sense. And then not to be hypercritical, but this is a podcast and sometimes that's what we do. But you know, Michael Cole was calling all of the empty arena matches at the performance center and that's fair, whatever. Cool. But then he doesn't call the money in the bank match unless the winner is announced. And then he calls it as if it's like a video game, just generic, like Oscar is your money in the bank winner. And it's like, what in the hell? So either call the whole match or don't call anything. I thought that was weird. And yeah. And then Ray Mysterio and Alistair Black, falling into water, but I guess it was off the tower. But then the next night, they're both fine and wrestling with no injury. So well, yeah, they say what they, in the hell?
1: Well, the next night, Mysterio even said he landed on a on a second roof, right? Which is, you know, not atypical big buildings like that, right? There's little tiers to the roofs, so you can't kind of fall off of it like that. Um, and, you know, for other reasons. But, uh, yeah, but there was no water that I'm aware of. That I don't know if they've got a rooftop pool at the damn building. So I, it was weird. Well, and then just even Otis Mania, right? Like, which is a curveball. I think everybody like was like, man, I'd really love Otis, but they're not going to do that. And then you do it, but you have him trip into it, right? It literally falls into his hands, which I don't, I don't know if that's the best move either. Like, I, it's just weird.
0: Well, I like it for this. Reason alone is because even though WWE shoots themselves in the foot nine times out of ten with coherent storylines that just doesn't make sense. I.e., Rey Mysterio the next night is just fine hugging Becky Lynch anyhow. I thought it was neat that Otis couldn't climb the ladder because his fat ass couldn't go get up on the rungs, so it would fall into his hands like. I would give that a pass because you told me every time he would step on that first rung, it would break, so he can't get on that ladder. So the only way he could win is by someone fumbling True. it. They Elias, did to tell though, that story. that's funny. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I, I'm giving that a pass. But why Elias just shows up out of nowhere to hit Baron Corbin with the guitar? Like, why didn't you hit him on the first floor? Why did you wait and go up yourself all the way to the roof to then hit him with a guitar? It's just like, what? I don't know. It just made zero sense to me. And if you're going to throw someone off of a roof, if you want to tell a storyline, have Elias, if you want to use him, have Elias throw Baron Corbin off the tower, just like Baron Corbin threw Elias off of that little perch in the performance center.
1: See, I, huh? I, That's I coherent. This is where we get the difference where I've discussed the improv aspect. When they did that street fight, a large part of that was probably improv either right before or on the fly with the guys involved and kind of just cleared by, you know, a producer who's like, yeah, okay, that's going to work. And it's allowed to right. – it comes off as zany, honest, and fun. If you go to sit down and write something zany and silly and something like this, like, it doesn't come off as well again because it's just not how things naturally occurred, right? Like, we're saying, like, wait a minute. What do you mean a, a splash of water? That doesn't make any sense, right? Like, right. you still have to make sense, which is just hard to do when you're mapping out to also be goofy and zany. It's really hard to do. You have to do that through improv. So, yeah, I mean, it. again, I do keep giving kudos for WWE for – Stepping out of the box on these things, and they're trying, but, like, the only one that I feel really pulled off well for the most part was the Firefly Funhouse, and that's because Bray Wyatt was probably largely directing that. I mean, the Boneyard match probably second, but this probably, you know, a distant third for me.
0: Yeah, I would say I would match those up uh, equally, although if I was going to show a casual wrestling fan, I would show them the Boneyard match because that's more easily digestible because – that fever dream of John Cena and the NWO would make no sense to someone who doesn't follow their career. So just from a, just, you know, Hey, let me present this to a bigger audience or a more casual audience. I think I would go Boneyard first, but yeah, being a lifelong fan who understands the details, brother and yada, yada, yada. I would say the Firefly Funhouse is my personal favorite, but yeah, definitely regardless of how you rank one and two, number three for sure is the Money in the Bank match. And like I said, it's just because of inconsistencies. You hear Michael Cole, but then you didn't hear him beforehand. And then when you heard him, he sounded like he was forced to say something and he didn't really want to, so might as well just call it the entire match. Uh, Well, and what about Otis
1: Mania, man? What do you think we go from here? I love Otis
0: Mania. See, here's where I get nervous and where I think where they've usually built up a star slowly. They're almost doing it like, you know, the Daniel Bryan story, for example, has been always the case of just pull the trigger now, right? Get him in the rumble and have him win the rumble. God damn it. He didn't win the rumble. Boo. Right. So, and we get fed up and now it feels like, all right, guys, like if corporate was to talk to the fans, they just go, you want Otis? Here's Otis. And now we got him, you know, on the bump, kind of doing a clunky interview because he's never done an interview like that so it's like he's not really seasoned to be in some of these spots but with all that being said i thought it was the perfect choice it was a choice that made me happy there's so much hopefully fingers crossed good storytelling we can tell right so he's a tag team wrestler so how does tucker feel he's in a relationship with mandy which how great was it when he said, yo, Mandy, I did it. That was just yeah. perfect. I love that, right? So he's in a relationship. Where does that go as him being money in the bank winner? And then also, you know, odds are he's going to be a champ or something incredibly crazy is going to happen as a baby face would lose his opportunity. Like the last time it ever happened, I believe, is John Cena. And that was kind of weird as it was. So yeah, the storylines are endless. I think if this was just AJ Styles winning, which I wouldn't have been mad about, but like that's a well, the Drew McIntyre champ has been jumped by Seth Rollins and his crew. He can't get up. AJ Styles cashes in. Now AJ Styles is a champ. We've seen AJ Styles as a champ. Well, yada, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Uh,
1: and I hope maybe WWE has seen that, you know, with this coronavirus that, you know, maybe they had to skew more storyline um Than mm-hmm. what we you know had been doing prior. I hope they don't you know pull that back some. Maybe this is why they are going with Otis. The, the only thing I want to say about the whole Otis mania is I would tweak it slightly on his personality because, like, I, I love the the oh yes and the, and the you know like the manny I did it. I, I just wish some of the baby nonsensical talk would disappear if that makes sense because I don't see that that's gonna hook to the main people very hard very long you know what i mean if, if i think that's oh yeah tucky point. even that's fine but the when he when he's just babbling you know what i mean and, and not even making words right like i can't even find him a good i can't even do it because it's not words um but you know what i mean like he mumbles sometimes just to make noise if you will well he's fat
0: that's what fat people do
1: <laughs> no <laughs> No, I will I will definitely I hope most people are understanding. I mean, he will literally right? He'll he'll make a non-word like just to make a noise and act like he's a I don't even know like if if he's a half-wit. you know what I mean? Like a, I I wish he, you know, he's clearly not the smartest guy in the room and that is fine for the character, right? But the, you know, just a little more realistic of a human being, I think, right? As opposed to a complete character, but it's worked for him this far, so who am I to say, you know? Uh, maybe if you dial that back, maybe you'd lose some. I don't know.
0: Yeah. The only thing I would dial back is the caterpillar move. It's just, that is a mid card move, right? That is Scotty too hottie. Mm-hmm. That is everything, you know, hokey. And if you're going to be champ, that's the only thing I would take away is make that a power slam or make that a, uh, a power bomb, something more devastating and, yeah lack of a better term but like main event level kind of move than the caterpillar so now the, if you want to do the caterpillar as a fun like we're having fun here watch me do this silly uh, move okay but in a title match i don't want to see i've got that.
1: it i've got so it's the same thing i'm kind of saying like right it, he's got a unique opportunity here because he is what we've talked about a lot of people that watch wrestling are gonna look at that and be like that's my guy right because they're gonna identify with him uh for a myriad of reasons right Um, and he's a likable dude. He's very charismatic. So if you serious him up, serious him up a little bit, that'll only help that. I think attached to some of the people who take a cynical eye to the pro wrestling a little bit, um, because I think he could be a big star if you played it right. And so a little move like that, like, you know, how the rock had the, uh, the people's elbow, that was a little overdone. So maybe you do. You know, somebody's laying there, and you kind of look to the crowd, and you do one or two little worms of the caterpillar, right? And then a quick elbow or something as, like you're saying, a quick little pop before the main finisher. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But doing this long, drawn-out thing with the the hump pumps or whatever you're going to call those, right? Like, Mm -hmm. ah, buddy. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're dragging it out. You can only ask people to be, like, so into it, right? But if your thing takes 20 seconds, not everybody wants to do that, you know?
0: Yeah. And so I'm happy that they went with him to kind of recap my thoughts. I'm happy that they went with him because of the endless stories. And he is my favorite thing on SmackDown right now. So I'm, uh, patient and positive, positive and patient, uh, as a wise man once said, um, on this, uh, money in the bank cash in potential cash in. So we'll see where it goes. But other than the money in the bank match, I don't think this pay-per-view will really be remembered for much. I know they did the Bray Wyatt, um, uh uh, stroman match mm -hmm. that was what happened uh you know so anyhow let's just move on i guess if you're okay with that Uh, let's move on to the best night of wrestling and in our opinion the best night of wrestling is wednesday night uh you had nxt uh you had what i think and i'll speak for you tim uh our favorite show currently in wrestling uh AEW dynamite uh what'd you think of the wednesday night kind of war as they are still calling it uh last night
1: to be honest with you i haven't even watched uh, nxt yet so because of that right I, I had time for one so i watched AEW. uh but i like pretty much all of this show i mean we can kind of go through the big highlights of yeah it. let's one, do if it you want me to start off yeah. um so it kind of kicks off if we're gonna go chrono chronologically uh lance archer and jake roberts boy and jake roberts dug in didn't he i mean if you want to get heat in 2020 boy did he touch on some subjects that i'm surprised aren't you know, getting them some heat mainstream-wise already. Uh, Jake Roberts, which, good. Yeah, he's good.
0: But, like, good that he said a woman belongs in the kitchen. Not because that's true, but because you're not supposed to like this guy. Yeah, this guy that all. is not, yeah. If you're not supposed to like someone, he's not supposed to say things that you agree with. So, I never understood, the, like, why would he say that? It's because he's a fucking asshole. Duh. Because, that's
1: why. Yeah, because you're supposed to hate him what you did, but you should join in with us. And have fun with it and boo him and hate him and not, you know what I mean, say so we shouldn't watch because of it. Like, yeah, he did that. So you would boo him and hate him and watch with us <laughs> and boo him and hate him right. and watch him get beat up.
0: The one thing, though, that I found interesting about his promo that made me ra- raise the people's eyebrow mm-hmm. uh, is did he say that he had to watch a Lance Archer match to get himself excited? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh huh. And that's the guy he manages. Yeah. So is this like a is this like a fox catcher thing where he's gonna try to rape Lance Archer? No. That was the only part where I was no, like, "What are we talking think, about I here?" I think
1: he's just saying that, like, uh, you know, the destruction and the evil gives him a, you know what I mean? Gives him a weird. Gives him a hard on. Gives him a weird boner. All right. Right. And then You're I love right. I loved that too about the women. Well, not again that because it's true or that I you know I like demeaning women, but if you're going to say an evil line, like when he was like, and once in a while when it's cold, she can keep me warm. I was like, Jesus. Dude. <laughs> like, right. God. Yeah. Like so horrific. Like that would have been bad in the 80s, right? People would have been like, dude, what? The-
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Jake Roberts, man. Again, the the more WWE missed that, like you mix in those old timers doing that and helping backstage, right? Like they just never see, they, they always pulled those old timers back so much right they became vanilla they're always the you know the matt hardy the chris jericho role right like they never let a guy like this come on and just get the heat for somebody and then maybe teach them in the back how they're doing it you know
0: well even fast forwarding to next week uh we get a cool segment that i'm looking forward to with a stare down conversation between jake the snake roberts and arn anderson right like Tell you what, that's awesome. But here's the cool thing about it is unlike the end of Ric Flair's run when it was Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan when they were both in their mid-50s, this is two guys with a long-standing history that have a disagreement, but it's going to be settled by two other guys who have disagreements and fighting for a title and Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes or Cody, as he's still calling himself. So that's what I like about it, right? You're like you said, you're mixing the old with the new, but it's still getting the new stuff over because the storyline is not centered around Jake, the snake Roberts versus Arn Anderson. But with Lance Archer versus Cody, those two guys are in that storyline. So it would make sense that they would have, you know, some of that, Rekindled beef from the 80s and 90s come back to the surface, and they need to hash that shit out. So that's awesome. That's again where I love the coherent storyline where things are bumping into each other and then you get the storyline bigger than just the only two people that are in this story is lance and cody lance and cody lance and cody it's like no way there's brandy there's jake the snake there's Aaron anderson hell you could even have mjf talk some shit on lance or on cody on behalf of lance archer like there's some things you can do there and and AEW does that and i like it it's
1: great for that reason because it makes it feel like it's bigger than the match itself which is what you're supposed to want right it's supposed to be larger Mm -hmm. than life Yep.
0: Well, uh, and you're crowning your first champion, so you want that championship to start off hot, and yeah. what better way to do it than with a blood feud like this?
1: Now, and this is a ways out, and we'll be probably doing picks next week. But what's your gut? F- I'm still, I think Cody's winning that thing. You, know what you think?
0: No, you don't think? No, so? I think, I think it's Lance because if you study, not study, but if you kind of just observe what Kenny and the Young Bucks and Cody have been doing this entire first year of the company is just saying like. I know you think I'm going to win but guess what we're not right so like you had the but young I think bucks that's and lucha libre this time yeah, that, that could be right yeah. that could be but I would like it as come take the title from the monster jake the snake's going to talk shit on you like right there I'm in you know what I mean like the monster has yeah. the belt above so, his head
1: it's because of that it's because I thought with jake roberts and with the way you know just the way they do business he and lance archer they kind of don't need the title to do anything they want storyline-wise with those two. Cody, yes, he's writing this, I'm Cody, and I can wrestle everybody, and, you know, I'm just the the cock of the walk here. But, I mean, how long can we keep doing that? Is that the next storyline he's going to tell us? Like, I, I kind of almost thought, like, man, maybe he does need this title right now.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into our picks next week, but one guy – so – to hedge our bets, I guess you could say for next week, two guys essentially have the same role. And one of them needs a title to get to the next level. And I don't think they're going to do it with the other guy. And the two people I'm talking about is Lance Archer and then Brody Lee. I feel like that's the same type of character. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have Lance Archer is more of a sinister. I'm um, the, you know, just going to kick people's ass because I don't like anyone. And Brody Lee has more of that, you know, cult like following, but essentially it's the same. I'm a big guy. I kick ass. No one can really hang with me. And you can't really have both of those people in the mid card. So one of those two has to have a title. And I just don't think that they're going to do that with Brody Lee because John Moxley has only had one challenger since becoming champ so anyhow but we'll get back into dynamite what happened after uh the, the then we got the best or, uh, the friends
1: and event. jurassic express and i'm i'm getting a little orange cassidy i love so much but i feel like he's being kind of just covered up with this best friend every time we see orange cassidy we got to see the best friends and i i don't know if i'm alone in this they're really not that you know what i mean i'm not that into the best friends it, yeah i mean they're not bad but they don't but Jurassic Express, like, that draws me, right? Orange Cassidy, I'm like, yes, love that guy. Best friends are, you know, they're there. But now I feel like, man, every time, I feel like he's almost handcuffed with Orange Cassidy is right now.
0: See, I love this. I love this. Tim, this feels so different and just fresh and new. Because we're about to disagree, but we're not <laughs> shitting on the thing. Right. So this this feels great. I don't think we've ever done this before. Because I disagree with you, but I also kind of love everything as well. So there's nothing bad in this Uh, match uh that i'm about to tell you i love the best friends because i love that the best friends talk on behalf of of uh orange cassidy so for example orange cassidy got uh blood sport head kicked by uh, ray phoenix um during the match which was insane and they did a digital exclusive afterwards and uh orange cassidy's getting ice on his neck and, and the trainer's looking at him and chuck and trent are just like Phoenix, you fucked up like he's going to kick the shit out of you. And just Orange Cassidy doesn't have to say anything. And these two guys are almost his hype men. And so I like that. And I, I see Orange Cassidy different than a wrestler, right? Like I obviously know that, you know, he wrestled on that supersized sure. edition of it's a-, hard to do uh,
1: a long wrestling run with his gimmick though.
0: Right. And so I've always seen him more as their manager, right? I see the best friends managed by Orange Cassidy. So that's how I've always seen. Yeah, I mean, him. that Not does as, fit.
1: It really does fit well. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so uh, I, I I love the dynamic of of the three of them. I, I'm almost buying a shirt. I've been talking myself out of it because I need okay. to save money, but I keep wanting that so white the flip shirt side that they have.
1: Then is the Jurassic Express. I wish they didn't have Marco stunt hanging around for sure. Like yeah, that can and that's away. the
0: thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Marco Stunt needs. I think Marco Stunt gets lost in the shuffle if he's not with Jurassic Express. So if you're going to put him with anyone, put him with them. I kind of get it. But I need more. I need more character development of Marco Stunt. Why would this little guy be with a jungle boy and a dinosaur? Right. right? Like jungle boy and dinosaur, that makes sense. Total Prehistoric, sense. you know, all that stuff. This little guy, is he. Can he. Like, I would think it would be fun. Now you've kind of ruined it because I've seen uh Luchasaurus talk in promos and stuff. Uh-huh. But if like Marco's stunt could somehow have this special communication with Luchasaurus or with Jungle Boy or with both of them, and that's why he's in the pack, that would so- something more than just hey, it's a little guy and Luchasaurus feels bad for the little guy. Mm. I want more of like them going on journeys. I want to see you know Marco's stunt. Uh, driving a convertible and Luchasaurus is like, you know, head popped out of the convertible. And then you have Jungle Boy on the trunk trying to like lasso cars as they pass by something silly like that of like these people out in the world. Uh, But they're good. They're good, too. I really thought this match was great because it's two baby face teams trying to just have a wrestling match. And then just getting the shit kicked out of them by all the heels during their own match, right? So, like I said, Ray Phoenix gets the Bloodsport head kick to Orange Cassidy. And then uh, MJF comes from out of the crowd, air quotes, and DDT's uh, Jungle Boy. And then goddamn uh, Wardlow throws the shit out of marco stunt into the into the guardrail and it's like hey man these two baby faces you know baby face teams are just having a match to determine a number one contender
1: did, did he give him the see ya is that what he gave
0: yeah
1: um yeah wardlow is another one where i i, I want to see a little more right i'm a little worried there might not be much more but you know what i mean like i feel like he could wreck some shit
0: but here's the great thing. This is where I love what we're talking about right now is our only criticism is we want to see more. more. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the point of doing television is for us to come back to say, I want to see more of this yes. guy or girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Unlike when, and again, I don't mean to just bash him because it's easy to bash him. But like, if I see the Miz again, I'm going to fucking just drown myself mm-hmm. because I've seen everything that character can do. And it's just stale. Cause there's no difference between him and Dolph Ziggler, and John Morrison, blah, 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 blah. Anyhow. So like, it's a good criticism of AW Dynamite that I want to see more of Marco Stunt Wise with Jurassic Express, uh, Wardlow, why he's just uh, this ominous figure. With MJF, things like that. So, yeah, it, it's great. So, anyhow, what what else happened on Dynamite? Uh,
1: they had Hikaru Shida, uh, Penelope Ford, Dr. Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander. Uh, Fatal four-way, if, if that's what they – I don't know if they just call it a four-way match. But uh, mm-hmm. Shida eventually wins, and she'll take on Nyla Rose at double or nothing for the women's championship. Um, again, uh, they've got some solid workers there. I don't think there was anything that really stuck out to me in this match outside of – you know what I mean? I mean, the, these women are definitely – they're not pulling punches, right? I mean, they're, they're hitting hard.
0: Yeah, I think uh, and I, if they were to give truth serum to whoever, you know, Tony Khan, Cody, Young Bucks, whoever is the the booking committee or booker of the women's division, I think they'd tell you that, like this is probably the weakest part of the roster as a whole for mm-hmm. AEW. Uh, I do like, though, that you got the number one contender who will move on to take Nyla Rose. But while that happened, you had a secondary story with Britt Baker And uh, Statlander on the outside where she's given the finisher, even though like she didn't care to break up the pen because she just hates Statlander so much. Like, I like that they're building secondary stories on the women's division. If you're
1: using a four-way, right, or a triple threat as a way to determine a number one contender, if you aren't using that spot to also set up like a secondary match or feud with some of the other contestants, then like you were kind of just adding people in there for no reason then, right? right so yeah i mean i think that's excellent use of that time that's where you fit more stories and leave us wanting more give us more stories that aren't answered right like don't hit us over the head with the same thing like we are not that dumb i mean some of us are but like that's fine to be dumb also because they'll still want more (laughs) all right taz uh you know i've been trying to interview darby i mean we're uh, you know darby's another one that's I don't know that I'm buying much, but he's still got somewhat intriguing, you know, concepts to his character, I guess. But uh, what do you you feel on Darby? Darby Allen?
0: I like him. I like him. I think, you know, after we settle Cody and Lance Archer, put Darby on a hot streak where he wins four of his next five or whatever, you know, the number is that you feel uh is needed and i'd say make him that next title contender for the tnt championship i wouldn't even mind if he had the tnt championship put that shit around his neck put him on a skateboard have him do fucking crazy tricks in the jags football stadium i like him a lot i i don't get it right like that is not my scene right i don't paint my face i don't have the weird tattoos i'm not not wearing into all the cutting and not wearing
1: like uh leggings yeah
0: i'm not wearing compression leggings and all that stuff but Tom, With all that being said, I, I, he's cool.
1: I never want to see you in leggings under your jean shorts.
0: Yeah, I don't think you will. I don't okay. know if I could pull that off. But Darby, I guess, can because I'm into it. I like what he's doing. I uh, I think what we're going to do is Darby tells the old man to kick rocks. I think that's eventually what we're going to get. Mm. Maybe we get a Taz one-off where it's Darby versus Taz. I could see maybe that yeah, happening. that be fun. You, you turn darby heel you beat up the old man and with
1: taz's i mean taz has got an outside of wrestling following with the mma and the and those the radio shows and the podcasts So i mean that Mm -hmm. would be easy publicity for them and probably some good eyeballs from folks that you know like those mma fans who have turned away from wwe because of what it is i mean there is some crossover fans that i feel they've lost so maybe AEW can sneak in with some of that using guys like taz and know, maybe
0: well yeah or you could just use that as the catalyst that turns darby heel and then you can do the third match like i was saying let's assume cody wins the the tnt championship then you can do the third match of cody versus darby allen and darby allen's full heel and he ain't going to take you know the handshake before the match bullshit from cody this time around and he's going to kick his ass or something so uh, I like I like Darby. He, he He's pretty cool in my book.
1: So speaking of Darby, he and Colt, uh, Phoenix, and Cassidy are all confirmed for the casino ladder match at the pay-per-view, which we'll cover this a little bit here. It's going to feature nine competitors with a new competitor entering the match every 90 seconds. And the goal will be to grab a casino chip, which has been their theme throughout, which is neat. Uh, which will determine the victor and person with a shot at the AEW world title. It's worth noting that the chip can be grabbed at any time, which means that one of the first two competitors could grab the chip before any of the competitors enter. Uh, what say you about this match concept?
0: A uh, little bit too much. I'm not a big yeah, that feels like the reverse ladder match that TNA used to try, mm-hmm. where it was like you got to take the title and climb the ladder to then put it up. You know yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, I, we'll see. I so far, so far to me, you can't go any I further. Trust an, like, an this is it.
1: This is the most gimmicks you can do. I like that they changed the ladder match into a Royal Rumble style entering right. Like so, that's neat. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different yeah. without being too convoluted or hard to understand. And then the only difference is. A casino chip okay that's been their theme so to me i'm okay with all this just for that reason right if you did anything else i'd be like you lost me here
0: yeah and i want to see what the chip looks like because in my book or in my head it just is a chip that you can put in your pocket i want something more no, it's something be bigger big, I guess.
1: gigantic right yeah
0: i hope so yeah that's 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 a concern of mine but again i haven't like seen the it, size so of a stop sign <laughs> Yeah. Something like that. I I need something bigger than just something you can put in your pocket and run around and not get caught, you know, because then Darby Allen would win or orange Cassidy would win. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we'll see, uh, going back though, how we were talking about the, uh, Lance Archer Cody match. One thing that was announced on dynamite is Mike Tyson, iron Mike Tyson, former heavyweight champion, uh, and who's been doing some amazing Instagram videos at 53 years of age, uh, holding pads or, you know, hitting pads, uh, he will be presenting the champion uh, with his belt uh, at double or nothing. So that'll be pretty cool too.
1: Well, another great, uh, another great, you know, marketing plan for them. I mean, we saw how well it worked with WWE. They had a visible shown help in their exposure and ratings. Now, Mike Tyson was arguably hotter uh, in the mainstream oh, eye at that God, time. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. But he is still a name that people are going to be like, oh, yeah you know i mean mike tyson wrestling mm-hmm. you know so it's gonna get eyeballs to at least hear they'll be like what is AEW?" right so that can only help if you're asking me and i think that's a great decision
0: definitely yeah yep. i love it so uh yeah well we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it moving we what got happened after
1: CMJF back uh taking on lee johnson um i mean you know this is exactly what you thought it would be right but um mjf mocking everybody right uh so, what do you, you know, I think we've sang the praises of MJF. I don't know if you've got anything in addition to say about him that you took away from this week.
0: Love it. And I love how he gets into the camera and says, I'm better than you. And then he pauses and holds out his pinky, and then Wardlow puts on the uh the the pinky ring and then he goes and you know it and he kisses his ring yeah that's a great touch mjf so far can do no wrong i haven't had one thing other than his weird spray tan there's nothing that i dislike about MJF. but it's all
1: i mean that that helps right like yeah
0: yeah. because it looks stupid and he's stupid i love it yeah
1: yeah he i love the guy who's way full of himself and you look at and you're like really you (laughs) right yeah because that fits so well and yeah that line is so great of the i'm better than you you know it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so great! Love it. Well, Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete, right? Again, another you know what we thought it was going to be, but uh, this guy Jericho single handedly up this guy Pineapple Pete's asking price on the Indies, uh, probably doubled to triple. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. The only thing I would have done different, just in a little bit where it doesn't make Pineapple Pete or Shug D, as he's called, mm-hmm. uh, really look like a sack of shit, is you know have him do three or four roll-ups where Jericho kicks out and then he goes off the ropes and Sammy grabs his leg that distracts Pineapple Pete. Then he turns around, takes that back elbow and then he loses, right? right? Just one little thing. Cause that was just, I mean, that was a squash of a squash, right? And then how Jericho tore off the Pineapple Pete shirt and was just like, we're done with that. I was like, "Man, we didn't have to really do all of that. Did we like, I would have just made him look a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that, right? Because then, you know, it only helps that guy and still makes Jericho and, and his folks. Yes, we want Jericho to look like you know, Pineapple Pete had no chance, but not just because Jericho's a physical specimen. That's not what we're supposed to do. Right, right
0: exactly. Now. That's what I'm saying. Like, the inner circle could have fucked with him the entire match, and that's the reason why he lost. Like, we don't know, and he probably isn't obviously is. on Jericho's level, but it could have been if it wasn't for Sammy or, well, yeah. uh, you know, Imagine Jake Hager. They're or whatever. all,
1: like, four of them are around, uh you know, each side of the ring, and I mean, they're just just leaning into him with insults and jokes right. and then every time he comes near they're swiping at him or they're you know yeah. trying to untie a shoe or they're you know like just screwing with him the whole time and then yeah one one second he's distracted spinning back elbow whatever he calls that right Judas effect yeah and we're mm-hmm. done right or or Hager just wallops him with a damn you know punch to the back yeah. of the head right like you know something no I agree with that now
0: after this yeah now after this match uh It seems like Jericho loves uh, alliteration. Like, I think that may be his favorite thing because he had the Manitoba melee. And now we have at Double or Nothing, the stadium stampede, which, holy Jesus, we were talking about this earlier, but that street fight was so much fun, at least in my book. I really enjoyed it. And now we're essentially going to do a street fight between the inner circle and the elite in a damn football stadium. Uh (laughs) Like how that has to be great. Like, you know, they they obviously have access to the Jaguars, uh, Jaguars, um, stadium. So they know some of the areas and they're probably already thinking of things. So it's not like they're going to get a day's notice and have to figure things out on the fly. So you can only imagine what they're going to do on the 50 yard line or in the end zone or on the goalpost. I would not be shocked if Kenny Omega does a backflip off the goal post. Uh, it's, yeah, I can—or goalpost, I should say. Uh, I am very excited about this match. What do you, What about you?
1: Oh, the same. I mean, they're just going to—they're going to tear it up, right? I, I, these are the guys who, when we go, oh, man, that, that street fight was really good. Are they going to be able to follow it up? My—unequivocally, yes, I believe they're going to be able to follow it up and make it even better. Like, they have—I haven't seen the, you know, the curve back to the mean yet, right, uh, from these guys yet. So, will we see that here? I don't know. This seems like they're going to get into all sorts of zany fun, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it.
0: My, my question, though, is who is the elite? Because Cody has a match with uh, Lance Archer, so he's out. So, is it Hardy, Omega? I'm trying to write this down. Hardy, Omega, Hangman, I guess?
1: Yeah, Hangman could show up. One of Who's the young buck that can wrestle? Right. One of them's hurt. Right. And that what's going on.
0: Well, That I'm glad you brought that up. No, no, no. One thing that I think everyone got worked on is he's not hurt at all. He had a kid. Oh, okay. If you watched, I watched the one episode of being the elite because they came to Kansas city. So I just wanted to see if they ate at, you know, yeah. a restaurant near my house or whatever like that. And the blonde guy, uh Nick, I think. I don't know their names. It's Matt and Nick, but I don't know which one's right. which. But the blonde guy was like, I'm having a baby any day. And then that's when they did that injury angle. It's mm. because I think he's spending time with his newborn. Makes so sense. that's at least what I've been guessing. Because he did that one match on Being the Elite, like episode 200, just fine. So I don't think he's hurt. So yeah, young bucks. So that's buck one, buck two. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So yeah. Because they ha the inner circle has five, right? And maybe you throw in
1: if if the other buck can't be there, maybe you throw in the senior Benjamin as a token guy to stand on the right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Right. So something, yeah, that's probably goofy. who it is. Or
1: somebody comes out from that, you know, Matt Hardy vein or something, right?
0: Yeah, but that's probably the five. Because then you got so you got Jake and Jericho, Sammy, and then uh Ortiz, and then uh the other guy, and then you have Santana. Hardy, Omega. Yeah, Santana. Then you got Hardy, Omega, Hangman, Buck 1, and Buck 2. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I just When they said it, I was like, well, who's, who's yeah. the damn elite? But now that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So then we got uh, the exalted one, uh, Brody Lee taking on, oh, Mr. Brody Lee, right, taking on Christopher Daniels, which, you know, uh, Kazarian took on uh, Moxley. So, of course, we've got to do the flip side, right, and do uh, Brody Lee take on mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels, um, which, you know, fits. And again, nobody thought Christopher Daniels was going to win this match, but Christopher Daniels. Uh, is excellent at his, whatever, he's 85 years old or something like that. Um, and then, you know, uh, we can talk about Moxley coming in afterwards too, but you take anything specific away from the match or?
0: Well, I liked it. And again, I'm going to keep praising it. And as long as they keep doing it, but it's coherent storytelling, right? So the entire time when Evil Uno was saying the exalted one was coming, it was alluded to that that was going to be Christopher Daniels, right? And when the exalted one did reveal himself to be Brody Lee, he took out Christopher Daniels. So eventually you have to do that match, right? But like you said, Christopher Daniels is maybe 96 years old. So a payoff match at a big pay-per-view between Brody Lee and Christopher Daniels is not that big. So let's just do it in the main event spot of our weekly television show dynamite. And then there you go. And so I thought that was perfect, right? You had to have that payoff. It happens here. It wasn't like six months from now where people may forget about it. Uh, And then Brody Lee is obviously the monster exalted one, you know, with the, uh, Dark order and all of that stuff, so of course he would win, and then, yeah, like you said, then John Moxley would come out uh and John Moxley coming out was okay um uh, I need mm-hmm. something different, maybe I get that he's a reckless badass, and that works in a crowd, but you kind of look like just a crazy guy when there's no one around you,
1: yeah th- <laughs> i've always been a fan of of moxley right i mean i when he was coming in i you know i was not exposed to him before but when i knew he was coming in people would say hey check out you know this john moxley character he just signed with wwe he's gonna be you know different name or whatever Uh, and i liked what i saw and then dean ambrose was one of my favorites for a long time but it has hit now that he has been running the pillman routine for a bit now and i I don't know that it's gonna carry much
0: And I, to me, it's not even like, like with Pillman, he was working other workers. So it had that element of like, no one legitimately knows what's going to happen. Right. Bobby Heenan might cuss and go off of commentary. Uh, He might hump a pencil in ECW. (laughs) We don't know if he's in WCW, ECW, or WWE. He's going to call Marlena something crazy. Right. So like he was pushing the envelope and that was crazy. So if you're going to do crazy, you have to push the envelope. And really Moxley doesn't push the envelope. He just looks like he pushes the envelope. He and I hate to say this, but he kind of cosplays as Brian Pillman instead of being yeah. John Moxley to me.
1: I agree with that. That's kind but of hey, what I think. But hey, he's the
0: yeah? champ. We'll see what happens. I kind of hope, I don't think they're going to do it, but I kind of hope Brody Lee does win because I would like to see the dark order kind of have, because one thing that's awesome that they've uh, never confirmed is how many members there are of the dark order. Right. So like they have some numbers, right? There's seven, eight. Yeah. And then obviously 10 is, it seems like the right hand man of Brody Lee right now. And then you have evil Uno uh, as well that we haven't seen. Cause I assume quarantine, but you know, have Brody Lee, as the champion and make this thing you know spread like spiders in a scary movie and we just don't know where all this dark order is. i might
1: wait on that one right i'd find a way uh to sidetrack Brody lee for a little bit right like uh somebody is mad at him they i I, i'm afraid they didn't do the legwork for this yet you know what i mean but like somebody cost him that match so that so Moxley gets the win, and then, you know what I mean, he gets to not have to go after Moxley for a while, right, because he's focused on this other guy. But that way you get Moxley, his run, and get it out. But eventually you do that, right, and not too far down the road, but Brody Lee takes the reins, right, gets the title, is, you know, spreading the dark order. Every Suddenly AEW's like, holy shit, man, we've got this evil thing that might crumble us or, you know what I mean, like end us. And then that's where you get the Cody out of this. I'll never be able to win the world title, right? Because you got to let that breathe for a while. But eventually he would mm-hmm. have to be the one who can finally take down
0: the exalted
1: one, right? Like, and yeah. so somehow mm-hmm. he has to work himself into an ability to be able to challenge for the right. I mean, so I'm saying this eventually should take you several months to play out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you could start doing that now and putting in some of that legwork if Brody Lee, you know what I mean? But I. It does feel weird that they would just toss Moxley aside, but there is also the fact that, like kind of what we're saying, I don't know that everybody's feeling the Moxley. Again, we don't know. There's not a crowd, right? But if you're going off the storytelling and the, oh, my God, what happens next, there's less of that with Moxley than pretty much everybody else they're giving us. So, uh, you know, maybe they do. Maybe they do give it to the Exalted One. But, again, we've got a week to determine that yet. So um, I would probably not yet with an idea that I'm going to here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah, I, I could see that. One thing we didn't mention, though, uh, going back to the Jericho segment, the feud of 2020 looks to have a conclusion as Chris Jericho destroyed Vanguard 1. Yeah,
1: we're going to have to get a new
0: Vanguard. Were you, now. I mean, I, I was almost in tears. I was like Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you saw Vanguard 1 take that beating from the, uh, the inner circle?
1: Well, I just thought, I was like, man, that's a... Uh... It was a costly scene, right? <laughs> it was a couple hundred bucks, right there.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, good. I mean, you yeah. know, good drama. So cost sad. you Upwards
1: of a thousand bucks, man. Uh, you know, but hey, Jericho's got that, right?
0: Um, yeah, but I'm tell you what, Vanguard One and Jericho, a feud that will live on and in me. I that's that's my feud of the year. Well, Tim. If Jericho I'm gonna tell
1: you. killed Vanguard One. I mean, Vanguard One is probably one of the more unique wrestling characters. To come along in in a long time, right? Like, it's definitely one for the history books, right?
0: I tell you what, you can have your Hogan and Savage, your Rock, mm-hmm. Austin, your mm-hmm. NWO Sting, Vanguard, Vanguard 1,
1: one, Mount Rushmore,
0: and Jericho. Material. Yeah, it's Vanguard true. one, Jericho, one for the ages. Yeah, you know, uh,
1: yeah. If they make a uh, new DVD like they made that one of like rivalries, right? It would be
0: yeah. That would be the cover. To be on there. It would be the cover. Yep. Yeah. Bump off uh, Taz and Sabu and put in Vanguard one and Jericho. That's, that's my vote. I'm kidding. Um, Yeah. And then you said you didn't get a chance to watch it. I, I got to see most of it, but yeah. on uh, NXT, uh, the big thing coming out of there is uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher leaves Matt Riddle high and dry. Imperium becomes your new tag team champions. They then have a main event match that night and Timothy Thatcher at the end of the show has Matt Riddle in an arm bar screaming for his life, and that is how we end it. So, Matt Riddle getting a little bit more of a main event push, which, you know, complete transparency and honesty to the audience. If you throw Matt Riddle and Daniel Bryan on AEW, I cancel my WWE subscription and I don't even give it a shot. Like, those are my two favorite things on WWE, and it was great to see Matt Riddle get so many segments. Uh, And Timothy Thatcher, to his credit, is awesome. I've seen him in Evolve. He's an Evolve heavyweight champion for the longest time. Uh, His teeth are fucking ugly. He is not a very attractive man to even look at aesthetically, but he can wrestle his ass off. And that hard-hitting style between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, hopefully we do a street fight or no-holds-barred, something crazy like that. I'm into it. I love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle is definitely one of my favorites. Um, And you're right. I mean, there's not too I, yeah, if a few folks left WWE and wound up on AEW, I, yeah, I might have to catch my WWE results on the internet. You know, um, yeah,
0: I agree. There's too much time in the world to do other things than watch. You know, 62 hours of wrestling, so you got to make it worth my while. And right now, AEW is doing that.
1: Yeah, and you know what else is doing that? Uh, the Spanish announce table.
0: Uh, so, um,
1: I, I guess that's all hey. we've got. What do you
0: think? Well, no, I wanted to, you know what? I wanted to do a thing and we don't have to necessarily do this each and every week because we don't want to bombard you with, Hey, look at our stuff. Look at our stuff. Look at our stuff. But we want to help you, the listening audience, because we understand, you know, there are so many choices in entertainment, books, movies, TV, uh, cartoons, pro wrestling. There's so much. So we like to be a, a guiding voice. For you, and we haven't come up with the name of this segment, but we essentially want to uh, give you a tip to be a more well-rounded pro wrestling fan. And uh, I guess Tim, I'll I'll start since I was the brainchild. Is mine. Um, I wanted to give you a tip to the listening audience of something that you should give your time to, and that is a new book by Jonathan Snowden. It's called Shamrock: The World's Most Dangerous Man. If you're a longtime pro wrestling fan, you obviously remember him during the Attitude Era where he took on the likes of Stone Cold, The Rock, Farouk. He was in uh, the ministry for a little bit. He was uh, Vince McMahon's right-hand man. Uh, Obviously, in MMA, he was one of the pioneers in the first UFC, uh, going all the way to UFC 40 with his uh, fight with Tito Ortiz. Uh, There's so much. I've only read five chapters, and there's 15 chapters total, I believe. Um, I've only read the first five, which takes you up to the start of the UFC. And there's so much of like the nasty boys fight on the independent scene, uh, his father and stepfather and then adopted father just being complete psychos. This book is so entertaining from page one to obviously right now, page five, I can't put it down after this podcast. I'm going to read the next chapter. Love it. Love it. Love it. You can pick it up on, um, Indigo books. Obviously, Amazon, but fuck Amazon uh, or anywhere else that books are sold. It's really cheap. I think it's only for 10 Uh, But if you are an MMA fan or a pro wrestling fan or both like me, this is a must-have book. I absolutely love it. So that's my pick. Tim, what do you got?
1: Yeah, and I didn't have anything kind of wrestling-related because, you know, we just – and I don't even think it's going to be wrestling related every time we say recommendations either. Well, but. and this book,
0: yeah, and this book isn't wrestling related per se because I mean the first five chapters is him being beat up by his mm. fathers or being beat up by uh, you know bouncers at a bar, so it's not pro wrestling yeah. centric. But anyhow, sorry, I will
1: say though, I was turned on to this show uh, through my wife who works with a guy who is a, a fan of the show, and. Um, he had been mentioning to my wife so kind of you know as i was talking he was talking to her about hey i saw your husband you know put the spanish announce table back out and she you know she was telling me that and she was oh by the way he said we should be watching a show called upload which is on amazon prime and fuck amazon right but we are we will be when we will not be renewing that when it's uh time and right. um but if you still have it or you know maybe you don't care and you know uh, about you know why we maybe are saying fuck amazon uh you know, and you're going to keep it. I, I can't recommend this show enough. Or maybe, you know, maybe you pirate it. That's up to you. I do not uh, condone illegal activities, right? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> the show is called Upload. And let me set the stage where it's, it's 2033. And if you catch this before you die, you can get yourself uploaded into a quote-unquote heaven, right? A digital afterlife, right, where you can live hundreds of years, provided you've got somebody on this side, uh, you know, paying your way, right? um and it is it might be one of the best current shows out there from many aspects right i mean there's humor there's drama you laugh you cry um and what we quickly get into is right so the main character is a young guy who dies in a automatic driving car accident right well how did that happen why is he there and you know i mean you just start finding out more and more and it, it it's got a, it's got several messages, right? It's kind of taking some digs at capitalism, right? Um, it's kind of taking some digs at uh, our disconnect from reality via tech, right? It's, it's, just got, it's, it's very well done show. So if I can't, re- you know, it's 10, 12 episodes or whatever, they've got one season out. Uh, but I have found nothing. and we, You've heard us. We're pretty critical, right? Uh, but I, I think everything's done. The writing's good. Uh, the, the angles they take, all that kind of thing It's really done well. And I, I recommend that one, but I don't recommend Amazon. So figure that out on your own. <laughs> and, you know, as a matter of fact, we're going to stop, you know, recommending our whole, you know, we had a, uh, um, a link, which is still on the website. So if you still shop at Amazon, use that link. Um, but we recommend you not shop at Amazon, right? And instead just donate us money if you feel like uh, helping us out. Uh, via the PayPal link that's up on our website, SpanishNowStable.net, um, but on Amazon Prime is the show upload. That would be my recommendation. That's what I did this week outside of wrestling and anything else, anyway. So, uh,
0: yeah. I like it. Also, one thing I wanted to point out um, uh, kind of with that tie with MMA and pro wrestling uh, for longtime MMA fans or longtime fans of Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll remember at UFC 121, Brock Lesnar lost his UFC heavyweight championship to Cain Velasquez. But after that ass whooping that Brock Lesnar took, he exited the cage and went back to the locker room. But as he exited the cage, Ariel Hawani, one of the best MMA journalists in the world, uh, one of the prominent figures in the MMA community, was interviewing Undertaker to get his thoughts on the fight that just happened. And as Brock Lesnar Walked past uh, Undertaker and Ariel Hawani Undertaker catches eyes with Brock Lesnar and says, you want to do it? And Brock just kind of looks at him because he just got his ass kicked. He's probably concussed. And then continues to walk. Ariel Awani goes, well, what was that about? Undertaker gives him no information, kind of no cells what happened. And it was such a crazy, mm. mythological, what if, what happened, well, I remember what that was, happened what wasn't. When it
1: happened, right? Yeah. That was
0: big news. Yeah, all of that stuff. That was 10 years ago, okay? Again, UFC 121. This week, as Undertaker is doing press to uh, promote his Last Ride documentary, which you can catch Episode 1 on the network, and Episode 2 comes out, I think, this Sunday, uh, Ariel Wani just straight up asked him right in the middle of interviews, like, I got to know what happened at UFC 121. And the craziest thing, Undertaker gave the information, and essentially what he said was he was sent there from Vince McMahon to pick a fight with Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. to create a scene and traffic and buzz for WWE. And it worked. So so here's the thing, though, that's crazy about that. Let's say, hypothetically, Brock Lesnar finds a way to beat Cain Velasquez. He's riding high. Let's say he doesn't take any damage. Mm-hmm if undertaker does that which again undertaker's insane and thinks he's a tough guy which you know he's kind of is but kind of isn't uh he gets his ass kicked by brock lesnar in a crowd
1: <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah i mean I, I do think he's probably banking on the fact that brock lesnar's already going to be surrounded by his security leading him out right He probably. You would hope so, but you don't know. Yeah, but you never. Well, but yeah, are they actually equipped to stop Brock Lesnar? They're they're equipped to stop people from getting to Lesnar, not the other way around. Um, Yeah, but you
0: saw how bad they. Yeah, you saw how bad they were at stopping Khabib jumping from the cage and attacking a corner man. Imagine two heavyweights like Undertaker and Brock Lesnar going at it. Anyhow. The other thing that I thought was interesting about that uh, admission from Undertaker is that he did it. I mean, let's let's hypothetically say your boss says, hey, we need a little bit of buzz, right? We we make our money off of traction from retweets and, you know, Facebook likes and all that bullshit. So what I want you to do, man, I need you to do me a solid I need you to go to a cage fight, need you to sit front row and then that big bastard that 280 pound silverback gorilla after he's done fighting wants you to push him and get in his face and i need you to fight him so that we can get publicity so i can make money yeah and your dumb ass goes like okay and
1: not just (laughs) not just the big cage fighter but we're talking one man who arguably there might be five to ten men in the world who could beat his ass and and it yeah. just so happened one of them happened to be in that room. But, like, you know, the right. likelihood that you're going to even run into somebody who could ever kick that guy's ass is slim. So, yeah, good luck. but Yeah, sure, sign me up. I'll do that.
0: Yeah, that is insane on so many levels. Vince McMahon is an insane, crazy businessman. Uh, Undertaker <laughs> is loyal to a fault that's beyond comprehension. But Undertaker also proved that Lesnar
1: is who Lesnar is. No, he's not, like, you know, the most sane guy in the world either, right? Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, yeah, you know the person. You know he's insane. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to pick a fight with him. And your wife is like, so we're going to the fight to then start our own fight? And you have to say, like, yes, wife, that is well, what we're doing. Even, you're insane.
1: Even if you were like, ah, he's not going to on camera after a fight risk, you know, fighting me. But that doesn't mean he's not going to carry a grudge and might fight you yeah, right. <laughs> at the next yeah, exactly. Hall of Fame event and light your ass yeah. up.
0: Now it was said in that interview that undertaker later that night did reach out to Brock just to see how he was doing. Brock said he was doing fine. Uh, so maybe he was banking on the fact that Brock would know it was a work and wasn't a shoot, but you never know with that guy cause he's insane. Uh, so I just found that it, the most interesting story, if you want to find it, it's on ESPN MMA's uh, YouTube channel. The full interview is about thirty minutes long. goes into kind of the ups and downs of the latter part of Undertaker's career, but yeah, it does dissect UFC one twenty one. Well, so if you and I, got, some I extra always time, did wonder because that
1: when that happened, uh, as far as I knew, I was like, "These guys don't have beef, do they?" Like I, there was never any stories of like them guys not liking each other that I knew of, um, right? So it was interesting, and that was one that kind of slipped away, and I'd forgot about, but I do remember always thinking like. What happened there? What did we not know?
0: You know, now we know what and we don't Now know. we do. Now we do. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. Hey, uh, great week of wrestling. I like that little segment that we did, though. Mm-hmm. Yours uh, upload on Amazon Prime and my book, uh, Shamrock, The World's Most Dangerous Man by Jonathan Snowden. Uh, overall, with Becky Lynch's pregnancy announcement, Monday Night Raw, the Wednesday Night Wars, as we're going to keep calling them. Uh, AEW dynamite you'll check out nxt what'd you think about the week of wrestling
1: i thought it was fun i mean i didn't have too many complaints right i i enjoy new things that we're talking about right here right i otis mania is interesting um yes and and all of AEW, right that's what sticks out the most in my mind and this undertaker documentary i'm getting ready to start watching that when we're done here too i haven't watched any of that yet so i'm interested in that and uh we'll see I'm I'm excited to see what happens next week so we can talk about it some more on the Spanish announce table, because that's what we're doing now.
0: That is what we're doing. Hey, and also uh, you had mentioned that we have a link uh, to donate to our PayPal account. Definitely. If you feel uh, that you have the funds to do that, we would definitely appreciate it. Uh, But we all are also working Mm -hmm. on some other things here in the near future to kind of help out uh, others, not just ourselves. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, there's so much stuff coming up. We are going hundred percent in. And I know we told you that before listening audience, but we're doing it again. And this time, I don't know when we're going to give up, but it doesn't look like anytime soon. So be on the lookout for some new, crazy, fun things. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook, uh, or like us on Facebook as they say, or whatever that is. Uh, and, uh, have some fun watching pro wrestling. The Spanish announce table.